Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. I am DJ Impact. We got the Vegas Bad Boys with us, and we're all excited to have you on with us. Normally, on our three counts, we always scroll through all the internets and try to figure out what story that that made the most noise and 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 talk about that. And one happened last week that. We wanted to just focus one episode, uh, a little bit larger amount of time, more than the 10 minutes we normally would maybe spend on a topic because we believe it deserved uh, just more time. And that was the announcement of Triple H uh, retiring in the ring. And um, we learned this during the interview with Stephen A. Smith. And again, this was uh, about a week and a half ago. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, um, you know, I'm sure if you have ESPN, any of the packages or any way or, or YouTube or something, you will be able to find it. But um, we learned a lot from that. And um, because ultimately we didn't know what was going on with Triple H outside of uh, the one tweet that he had tweeted out. Uh, Lots of speculations, um, big development, what's happening in the brand that uh, he helped build. And, and then it's just, just silence, you know, and we knew that there was some sort of a part uh, um, issue, but it, it didn't really go deeper than that. And um, so we learned a lot from that. And, um, and, you know, now that we know, we now can really uh, – you know, uh, create some sort of a uh, opinion on how we feel about all of this that has happened from from the beginning even up to this point. And so, um, we're just going to talk about that a little bit. And um, maybe you may feel the same. And we're always welcome you to throw anything into the comments. You know, and um, more importantly, tell others about the show. You know and uh, get them to listen, and they also can uh, put what they, their thoughts are as well. All right, fellas. Um, I won't necessarily call on any one of you in particular. I'd see which one may want to just go first, but you heard the announcement. Um, it looked like it was about to get pretty grim uh, for Triple H when this process uh, was happening, you know, and we're glad that he is, everything seems to be all right and better, but we're also learning we won't get a chance to see him in the ring. And one thing we did learn in that interview was he was thinking about being a part of Mania, which just passed by uh, in Dallas here. He was planning on possibly being a part of that, you know, and, and had to scrap that. So what are your thoughts uh, about all of this that has happened? And, uh, you know, Triple H has been a big part of all of our, all four of us, our love for <laughs> wrestling Majority of that will come, to be honest, uh, from Triple H. So uh, what's your take when you heard uh, either one? Um, I'll go ahead and uh, start then. Yeah. <clears throat> so pretty much for me, um, a lot of stuff hit home, especially with the health and regarding to the heart. Mm -hmm. um, I've been pretty public for the last six months. Um, well, I haven't been very public, but y'all fellas know that I've, I've experienced my own uh issues with heart problems and uh it definitely does bring you in in a way to where you start thinking about your own mortality 
um, and then how quickly things can turn. And for Triple H, he had a way, way worse um, type of, uh, you know, scare because, you know, he basically was, uh, you know, basically in his jeans and he didn't even know. And he said that he alluded to that in the actual interview mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, WWE had some of the greatest cardiologists you could have money could buy. And, you know, um, I was experiencing some of the same things to where I was getting my, my uh, vitals and they were coming back flawless, but still there was stuff that was going on. And then finally, after going to a cardiologist revealed some, some stuff going on with me to where I had to change, make some changes as well. So shout out for going through that. I felt him when he stated, you know, his younger daughters and just kind of like, look, you, you see your, 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 your parent in this healthy light. And then all of a sudden they get a little bit of sick. Cause it started with him getting sick and um, then it leads into uh, complications of his heart. So that's pretty scary. Um, with regards to him retiring um, from in ring competition for me, I wasn't surprised per se, because I kind of saw that writing on the wall, probably about maybe, a little bit before uh, COVID that eventually he was going to be hanging it up. Um, but that's only because for me, I felt more attached to Triple H working in the front office, you know, at the time being really a, a huge mover and shaker with uh, NXT branding moving the way it was. So for me, I felt more in love with Triple H in that aspect versus having a hard time as a fan growing up seeing Triple H be this in ring, you know, uh, the game. You know, so, I mean, that, that's kind of my take on it. Uh, shout out to him and the strength that he has. And um, uh, although we are not seeing Triple H in the ring, I know he will be right back at it. I don't, he didn't say in the interview the timeline of when he is back working in the front office. I don't know he's, when that's He's started. already back. He's already that, that's what I figured. I, I, he made it seem like it was maybe like a couple months ago, but I feel like it was much longer than that. So, you know, you know how it is. By the time we get to certain things or they say it, it's been a lot longer than that. Um, I know we won't see the last of Triple H. He will resurface in a different capacity and we'll love him just as much as we have before. That's my take. All right. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's, that's really well said. Um, for me, I think the one thing that really kind of stood out for me is that, you know, Triple H, I think he he kind of – embodied what it was like to be a professional wrestler in the 2000s. Um, Something that I saw that was really staggering is uh, Triple H had 412 action figures produced of his likeness between the 1990s and 2010s, according to the wrestling figure checklist, Um, the majority of which were produced by Jax Pacific and Mattel. Um, That number makes Triple H one of the most produced wrestlers in history. Um, so obviously a huge facet of professional wrestling is the in-rank competition, but also the merchandise that is produced. Um, the fact that his face and his likeness were everywhere in the two thousands. Um, he was actually named the wrestler of the decade by the Baltimore sun, a mainstream publishing, um, a mainstream paper. Um, and also he, uh, he was also the wrestler of the decade, according to Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and uh, he is also a 2005. Um, he was voted in 2005 to being in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. Um, now, obviously, say what you will about the the Observer or any of that kind of thing. Uh, he's definitely won uh, his share of Feud of the Year nominees. 
um, or awards, I should say. He's also won Worst Feud of the Year awards. Um, so, of course, you know, the the something like The Observer is going to have a very polarizing view of Triple H um, because traditionally things like The Observer and the readers of The Observer tend to um, prioritize in-ring work and technical matches. Um, Triple H was not the most technical of wrestlers. Uh, I think that anybody would agree to that. Um, but he was one hell of a showman. And he, you know, whether it was, um, you know, any of the skits that he did with DX um, to any of the, the matches that he put on, um, most of the things that you're going to picture from the, the 2000s, um, from 2000 to 2009, damn sure going to be mentioning Triple H in a lot of those items. Um, so, yeah, he he really, I think he really kind of filled a void. Um, and I, I think it's unfortunate that it gets overshadowed by the fact that he married who he married and that, you know, everybody pins it all on that. But the fact is he had, okay, if you want to say that he was put in a great position as a result of that, then fine. But the fact is, is that he he got that ball and he ran with it. And I think that, you know, even up until a couple of years ago, uh, he did the uh, the stuff, you know, for the Saudi shows. And um, I think that his love for the business uh, is always going to be there. Uh, Simon, you did a great, a great service by mentioning the work that he did with NXT. Um, and that really kind of uh, endeared him to a completely new crop of viewers and and fans alike and also workers alike um so i the, the the fingerprint that he will leave on the industry is something that we will not soon forget yeah it's um you know it's one of those things uh and and dj and i have had conversations in the past few months about you know the fact that um dj couldn't understand why triple h why there was no you know, coming out and talking about well, which, what's going which, on. Which, by the way, Stephen A. asked that exact question. So it wasn't, I wasn't wrong in my thinking because that was a big question. Like it was something that just didn't make sense there. So I'll let you continue, but I just wanted to throw that in there too because Stephen A. made a point like, why did you wait so long to say anything? Because that's not usually what most people do. They'll, they, 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 can be pretty open especially at a, at a figure as large as triple h they usually give a little bit more he was very quiet yeah and then you know what i always told you was it's far worse than they're letting out and that's true you know when he finally decided to tell what was going on nobody nobody knew that he was that close to death so you know, we, we have to be honest. And at that point, you know, there comes that time where you have to separate yourself from the public and everyone likes to play, um, you know, wrestling uh, observer and, you know, think they know the inside stuff and, and all that crap. And the truth of the matter was, is, you know, oh, you know, well, boy, they're stripping them all this NXT stuff and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, Boy, he, you know, they blindsided him. And it's like, no, he wasn't blindsided. He knew this was going on. He knew this was going to be happening. But his heart got in the way of him being present 
while that transition was happening to NXT. And like I, you know, emphasize, all the guys who were let go were quote unquote Triple H guys, except for one guy, Shawn Michaels. And Shawn, you know, is a guy that Hunter trusts his life with. And there, there you go. And that's, you know, it brings all this kind of to a, a pretty package of what happened and why it happened and, you know, how things are in place now. But the, the biggest thing about this is, A, um, he was already semi-retired, right? So, so we can't really say, oh, my God, we've been deprived of the next 10 years of his career. So that's, you know, I think it's, it's that counterbalance. It's, oh, my God, he's still alive, which is fucking phenomenal. All right. But you can look back and go, hey, um, when he was wrestling in 96 and 97, he wrestled Mick Foley, Barack, and gold dust all three of those feuds were some of the best work and set up especially with foley and the rock the progression of those guys becoming the major players they were as well Mm -hmm. so all three of those guys kind of intertwined and you gotta you gotta look at if you go back on the network and you watch um the calgary stampede where he has a fucking great match with Goldust. Yeah. Um, he, uh, the cage match he had at SummerSlam with uh, Foley and what it would have been um, 97, I believe it was, um, where Foley rips off his shirt to show the dude love, quote unquote, tattoo melting down his chest. Um, that was phenomenal. Um, Madison Square Garden, where Cactus Jack made his return against hunter um madison square garden where in 2000 captain jack you know had that street fight at the royal rumble with him that was fucking amazing where hunter got his fucking calf punctured yeah you know during the match on on a you know a, a nail that was sticking up in a board um you know uh the one of the coolest things that Vince did, and, you know, this was before Hunter was his son-in-law. The WrestleMania 2000 match where you had Big Show and Mick and The Rock going against Hunter, and you had a McMahon in every corner. The fans in the pond wanted to see The Rock win hands down but they also would have loved to have seen mick or the big show win because it wasn't hunter (laughs) he was that big of a heel that it was such a big like build-up that one of those fucking faces was going to take the belt off of him and vince booked him to win and that was the first time that Vince went against the WrestleMania tradition of having the big babyface champion go over. Yeah. And people left the pond fucking pissed. 
they didn't understand what the fuck had just happened. And I, I ended up laughing. Like I would, I would just stop and I would just start laughing at people because they had tears. I remember that. Eyes. Was that DJ? No, I'm sorry. I was, I was just thinking because I was at that show and I was like, I remember that. Yeah. And I, if I'm not, I'm trying to think because there was something at the very end. Fans were so upset. I remember, like the McMahon's and like some of the rest were they were running back to the back, but fans got to the point where they were. I'm, I can't remember if they were either throwing things or about to throw things or they were really angry as it was as they were running back to the to the back area because because vince remember stephanie was in in uh in hunter's corner Mm -hmm. and vince essentially turned on the rock that's right and that was that's essentially right yep you know kind of what (laughs) what led to it um but it, it was a ballsy move and it set up I mean, the next year uh, at WrestleMania, Austin defeated The Rock, and the the same fucking thing with the uh, the people leaving and growing fucking people crying that The Rock yeah. lost. So that's how popular The Rock was, and that's how important Triple H was to being that counterbalance at that time. Also, speaking of that WrestleMania, that's the first time we got Hunter versus uh, Undertaker at Mania. And boy, you know, you, you can't go wrong when Lemmy and Motorhead are fucking playing the song. And you got to give it up to one of the probably, honestly, the best theme song ever done for professional wrestling. It encompassed everything that he was, including his own love of Motorhead. Yeah. So and you know, and they go on, they do the you know the King of Kings song and you know Evolution's theme and you know uh and there's another tie-in, Evolution, man. Yeah. Randy Orton and Batista are not who they are today <laughs> without him without him taking him under the wings. Yeah. And for God's sakes, Ric Flair was at his lowest of lows, and Hunter is the one who got him out of the funk. Yep. To make him realize that he still had gas left in the tank and was loved and appreciated by the wrestling industry because Rick felt like he was chewed up and spit out at that point. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of shit there. Not to mention that uh, without Hunter, we don't get Katie fucked or Katie Vick getting fucked <laughs> in a casket on national television, man. Yeah. But you know, you 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 know, it's interesting that you that that as we're all talking about Triple H and his contributions, that you know, he I think he presented a different way, and I think that when I've heard a lot of people documentaries, they've said that Hunter understood the business, and there's a lot of people are are not there's not a lot of people that I believe understand the business. Do you see what I'm saying? And I think that whenever I hear that statement being said, I hear of the business as a whole, not just as one player that you may start off in seeing the facets of the business and where you can plug yourself into, um, you know, once your time is up physically, because let's be real, the one thing that's going to always win is time. And, you know, it is what it is. And I think that he's always understood that. And I think that even well early on triple H knew that reality. And that's why he started sitting in on creative meetings and sitting in with triple H just before him and Stephanie did get involved. I think, as you mentioned, 
um, Michaels. And so that's the thing that that to me, I've fallen in love with with Triple H more with the movement of NXT because I knew that already about him, not personally, but what was said about him that, okay, hey, you're going to take this brand that's meant to not really fly. And he made it, he made it not just him on his own, but seeing the business. And so that's one thing I really wanted to point across because, uh, you know, we, I'm more happy that he didn't die. Cause to me, if he had died, we would have really, and when I, for me, we would have really have lost a possible future cornerstone in the, the formation of this business moving forward in the next 10, 15, 20 years. You see what I'm saying? And it's not He's already not, that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that would have really and 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 when you talk about like Rick Flair nothing left in the tank or him getting to realize it, I feel that Triple H has only scratched the surface of his true potential. You know, because he's working within somebody else's organization. Yes, he may have some more leeway than what we know. I don't know. I'm not, I don't work for the company, but I could see more for him in the next 10, 15, 20 years. And I'm just so thankful that he was able to be aware of his health and got him in as he it illustrated in the Stephen A. S- uh, Smith uh, interview because man, that, that would suck to lose Triple H. I mean, like, damn. Like, man, well, what, is, what is the next 20 years going to be like? Without- when, you, when you talk about this, you know, what, what was going to come out of uh, what could come out of Triple H, I think that's why when everything was happening with this transition of the, of, of the new – NXT 2.0, there were a lot of concerns and a lot of and a lot of speculations that was out there. And, you know, because people first off see what he did do with NXT. In NXT before 2.0, and, and, and I'm not saying and by the way, 2.0 is great, but before 2.0, what he did for NXT was just it was just awesome. And when but- you look at the timeline, right? When you look at the timeline, because I went back uh today just to take a look because i was like when did he when did he make that tweet that he that he he talked about the fact he had the uh the the uh cardiac issue that came september 21st that's when he tweeted that the week before that seven days september 14th that's when nxt 2.0 debuted seven days before that uh september 7th Triple H was was very uh, active on his social media. So from 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 September seventh, he's 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 retweeting, he's promoting, he's pushing. Then two comes, you don't hear anything, and then the twenty first happens, and now you hear about what happened, and it's like whoa, whoa, whoa! It you you was you can kind of see how people were going. Wait, this is not looking right. You know, and in some ways, who knows, maybe yeah. when they knew that this announcement was going to come back earlier, who knows, in May and April of, hey, this is what's going to happen. I don't, you know, Triple H in some way could have maybe had a broken heart to know what overall what was being built is now going to be changed for whatever reason. That's I not the thing. But I, 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 I have me- to interject. I got to interject because I, I, I'm a huge fan of NXT and even 2.0. Don't get me wrong. My gripes are that of an old man who don't like bright colors. But I still see Triple H's blueprint of NXT in NXT 2.0. And that maybe that's just me because I love the product. So I think that Triple H, 
probably didn't go full gas on what he was because he had these health concerns along the timeline of NXT 2.0, possibly, uh, if you look at the timeline. But I, I I don't know if it made a difference. But I just want to say that I think Triple H very much knew what was happening with NXT 2.0. I think it was on the calendar. I think he had a lot to do with it. And it turned out to be a great product for the most part, the next version. And well, it makes sense. And, 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 and I'm by the way, I'm just throwing these things out there. I'm not saying, you know, you choose to make your own decision or whatever i'm just saying after since since 2.0 took place there has been no tweet from triple h on nxt 2.0 that doesn't mean he hate it that doesn't mean he has something against it that doesn't mean he's taking it personal i'm just saying it's not there anymore he spent an entire time while he was at nxt going in on promoting and pushing the product to not even mentioning nothing on his yep. social media. And he has oh, been, I'm just kinda, throwing it out. It's kind of hard to do when you're yeah, laying up. Yeah, problems, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, because he has other, he has, he's been posting. I just said he's not been posted anything for NXT 2.0, but he's got posts on there. But I also, I also want to add this because it was said in the interview, okay? He, he, he kind of gave us a window eye view, I feel, of the relationship that he has the, the you know with with stephanie you know she's i think he used the, the word phrase of uh, a cornerstone or or everything i think that it was in the best interest of his health because you got to realize what he had going on is it, it, you could he was in the best shape of his life you're gonna you, you're gonna die that's basically where he was do you see what i'm saying he was being very vague in the interview he had to immediately stop with anything that has to do work. Because I'm be real with you. The difference between me doing stuff for work and the stress levels that included for that and me doing side shit for myself or just posting on other stuff are two different types of stress levels. Let's, let's be agreed upon on that one. So it was in his know. best interest to not even engage in anything that was work-related. That was probably doctor's orders. And Stephanie, what he alluded to, she's like, look, you mean more to me than I don't give a shit about my family business. Yeah, and you, you got to understand too. What's very funny about this whole situation with NXT is the reason so many fans were caught up in NXT was because that's where you had the ones who were the uh, the independent wrestling darlings, the ROH darlings, you know, the TNA darlings going in there. So no matter what the fuck they did, if Hunter was involved or wasn't involved, the fans who put everything into Adam Cole and all that stuff, that's where their fucking loyalty was. It wasn't to the brand. It was to those guys. And those are the same people who are watching those guys in AEW, right? Exactly. The, the, and that's why AEW's audience is not growing. It's because that audience was already there. Yeah. So he's just pulling in people that whereas NXT now has a guy in Hunter who doesn't have to right now be the day-to-day -day operations guy, but can be the voice of, you know, touching base and also, uh, you know, uh, guiding these, these younger people into the pro wrestling business, right? They're building the stars that are going to be the foundation of this company when mm -hmm. when Vince McMahon is gone. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. 
100%. So in a sense, what what is happening right now, it might have sped up a process, essentially. Yeah. And unfortunately, because of all that timing, stuff got, you know, got kind of jumbled on what Triple H's thoughts were. But it was all based on assumptions that people were making because of their love for those guys. You know? And yeah. I think that that's the biggest thing that's missed here is that NXT 2.0, those guys are just as good. You just don't know who they are yet. I and agree 100%. Will, will, you know, be a part of developing those guys, especially once they get up to the main level and yep. he's foreseeably there. That that That's that's a great point. Um, I, I do want to uh, just kind of circle back to him and his in-ring career um, just because uh, for a lot of people, um, the, the true measure of how good a professional wrestler is, is based off of their title runs and their, their, their decorations as champion. This is pretty fucking astounding. Nine time WWF slash WWE champion. Five-time world heavyweight champion. Five-time intercontinental champion. Two-time European champion. One-time unified tag team champion. Two-time WWF tag team champion. King of the Ring winner. Two-time Royal Rumble winner. He is the seventh Triple Crown champion and the second Grand Slam champion in the history of WWE. I, I dare I say, I don't think there is any more decorated wrestler than Triple H. And that it's that's the problem, too. The shame of it when it's thrown at him that the only reason he got this is because he is the, you know, exactly the son-in-law, which exactly. is total bullshit. And I know from, you know, certain guys um, when they've been out of the business for a while. Hunter is the one who embraces them. Yeah. If you get a call for the Hall of Fame, you're getting it from Hunter. He was he was the one that brought Bruno back. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's I heard he negotiated the deal with uh, uh, Macho Man's brother. Yeah. I mean, like, 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 and and I'm sorry to inter interrupt, but with regards to Triple H behind the scenes, a lot of the negotiation that would have went on with a lot of the guys from NXT, from the the gold, uh, the black and gold brand to the 2.0, would have probably been negotiated and probably would have stayed on if he didn't have these health problems. That's why I was going to say a little it's, bit earlier, to a certain I extent. I don't think so because those contracts were not getting renewed. Essentially, the even only, like the William Regal one, possibly. Oh no, I I think that I think that they were moving out of that phase. I don't think that, oh, okay. that was. So a it was possible. a personal choice, then maybe. Not a personal choice, but that was a Nikon call, right? So you got to mm -hmm. remember, you got the business guy who was involved, who was you know kind of seeing where. You got to believe Regal was getting a lot of money. Oh, hey, Samoa Joe was probably getting a decent amount of money, even with getting rehired back and stuff like that. So you're probably dealing with that kind of stuff. But again, you know, the negotiations, not so much um, because Hunter wasn't the business side of it. He wasn't talent relations. Mm -hmm. um, 
but you have to you have to think um especially with the accomplishments that he's the as as much as you want to talk about the undertaker triple h is actually the guy who parallels undertaker in a sense and that is both those guys started at the end of the nwa at the early wcw days and what happened was is that these guys got influenced by dusty so essentially what triple h has been doing throughout his later part of you know once he got into his you know mid to late 30s he was emulating what dusty did for everyone and you know the 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 truth of the matter is is that when you look at territories hunter gets a bad rep because of the fact he you know he married into vince's family but if you go from the awa it was Gagne. And when Gagne was not, you know, not having the belt, it was Bachwinkle yep. who was married to Gagne. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dusty controlled Florida for his whole fucking life. Yeah. You know, um, so all these guys, uh, you know, the Von Erics and, and all these guys, that's what it is. You have to have a certain point of nepotism when you're in charge. And when you look at things not working, you know, it's still amazing. And this is why I have, I always have the cautions about AEW is because Tony Khan is the owner of the company, right? But he has no experience. Eric Bischoff and WCW had arguably two good years and that's it. And it, it's the guys who really not, were not, you know, Vince Russo gets all the shit thrown at him because of the fact that he wasn't, uh, you know, a legacy guy. He he didn't know about that kind of shit. So he tried shit that just didn't work. And, you know, Dixie Carter ended up selling her company because of the same thing. So in, in a sense, the idea that he just happened to be married to Stephanie was a secondary thought to the most crucial moment in his professional career. And that was, he was in the room with Sean and Vince and he kept his mouth shut yep. when the Montreal screw job happened. Vince, he trusted him from that day on. And that was it, man. Those guys became his fucking sons. You know, it was Shane, Sean, and Hunter. And that, you know, that's it. And the the only other, you know, I think it's arguable that as much as he loves Austin and Taker, he has a different love and respect. Vince has a different love and respect for those guys. I think the same with The Rock. Cena's the only one who's kind of arguably in that same boat because John had the same mentality as Hunter. So, you know, he's so important. And I think that now that we're looking at at least 
10 years removed and, and a little bit more from that, that 2010. Now younger fans don't really understand and older fans, maybe they've kind of gotten a better, you know, feeling about him because he's not in their minds being pushed down their throat all the time. And you, and you see that, you know, you see that with guys as the time passes and they're not in their prime anymore. Yeah. All good points. Well, I think the, um, the good news, like we've, we've mentioned is that we still got triple H around and that means good news. <laughs> Professional wrestling will still, uh, we'll still see some very good uh, things that will come out from WWE, having him in those uh, position. And, um, and we're just excited to see, um, you know, what he's going to do, but he means a lot to uh, a lot of us. I think when I, I remember the very first time I saw him, of course he wasn't triple H. He was uh what Hunter Hearst Hemsley. Yeah. <laughs> he went by the full name. And I think he had the long coat. He would come down and his nose would be up as he's, <laughs> I used to say, as a kid, it was just funny watching him like, you know, why are you so mean? You know, I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> you know, but it was that moment that you just, you, you, you became, um, you just became a fan and just enjoy his craft at that point. So, man, Triple H, um, man, yeah, hopefully, man, everything would just continue to work out. And um, I, I also love how you all technically were quote unquote kids at that I time. Remember, I, I wasn't a kid. Like I, I thought, for some reason, I I thought I'm thinking of myself as being maybe around like eleven eight, or eight, no, eight no, no. I thought that's no. what I'm thinking as a kid. Jesus but I don't, Christ, dude! No, man, nineteen ninety older, nineteen ninety five, man. Yeah, ninety five. Yeah, I was I was thirteen yeah. years old. Yeah, like yeah I was gonna say like 12, 13. Yeah, right. I'm not too far off. You know, Dude, you're saying I, you're younger I than me. one. I didn't say I was one. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But 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 in but yeah. in gen, but what I'm getting at though is what's interesting is see that's not my perspective. Yeah. But that time I was already you know 20 years old, and you know uh, even though Hunter's older than me, he's only older by you know, six yeah. or so years. Right. So for me, you know, he would have been someone who could have been a friend of mine's older brother. Mm. You know right. what I'm saying? Sure. And that's, you know, that's the fascinating thing. When I see him, I think of him as that guy who we all, you know, who, who the guys my age looked at as not exactly a peer, but not someone that we're in awe of. It's someone we respect and want to learn more about and learn more from. Well yeah. said. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, unless you got anything else, we're going to call it uh, a show. And I just want to thank everybody for, for listening. And, and, and DJ, uh, DJ yeah. since, since this is right after WrestleMania. That's right. I guess, I guess we better say, 
So it was really cool when he ended up being Seth Rollins' mystery opponent at WrestleMania. <laughs> that blew everyone's mind. That, that right there would be such a mind blown. It, it, it would be the greatest work since Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. <laughs> Pretty much. That would top that 100%. Oh, my God. Hey. If Steve, look, 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 Stephen A said at the end of that interview, he might have to talk to uh, to Vince and them. He said he wants to be a Paul Amy. He wants yeah, to he be did. a despicable. And uh, Paul, uh, and uh, Paul, uh, that is his name. Paul Paul basically responded to him saying, well, I could definitely say that you are well hated and people want to hit you in the face. So, I mean, <laughs> W, you might very well see Stephen A. Smith next WrestleMania instead of Logan Paul, which I'm all for one happy about. Like they said. And I don't, I don't know if uh, if Nick Khan gonna have a be okay with this. He said, "You gotta pay me though. You gotta pay me." <laughs> but you know what? I'm gonna add this. And I'll leave this alone. You yeah. know who hates the Dallas Cowboys more than anything in the world? He'd have been perfectly to fit in anywhere in WrestleMania. Is Stephen A. Smith? He hates the motherfucking Cowboys. Oh, okay. He hates them. <laughs> oh man! All right, y'all. Well, look. Thanks for hanging out with us. Um, continue to share, download, subscribe, tell others. Keep us on the map. We appreciate everything you've done and continue to do. We'll see you, I guess, the following week. Back to our regularly scheduled program. All right? Until then, take care. Mania was great. I'm just going to say it was fun. It was exciting. And I can't wait to do it next year. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.